Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Elissa Branch, and this is Housing Wired Daily. In this episode, Finledger director Holden Page joins Housing Wired digital producer Victoria Jones to discuss what's happening in the prop tech space and review some of the private market deals that have occurred over the past month. Additionally, Page also discusses small business banking startup Novo closing on a 40.7 million Series A and examines what this means for the online banking market. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. At Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, we know your vision of success is unique to you. That's why your goals and our culture of support go hand in hand. We give you the tools and support you need to thrive and live your best life. Come home to Atlantic Bay. Visit joinatlanticbay.com to explore what's possible. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, NMLS number 72043, is an equal opportunity employer. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Housing Wire's Monday Morning Cup of Coffee, which is a segment of Housing Wire Daily. My name is Victoria Jones, and I'm Housing Wire's digital producer. Today, I'm joined with Ledger director Holden Page. Holden, thanks for joining us again on Monday Morning Cup of Coffee and Facebook Live. Uh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listeners, today we'll be discussing some of the hottest topics that came out of the FinLedger newsroom last week, as well as what stories the FinLedger editorial team will likely discuss in the week ahead. But before we dive dive in on that, Holden, what were some of the topics that caught your eye last week? I know Novo, a small business baking startup, closed on a $40.7 million Series A, and Volt, which is a London-based open payments gateway company, secured $23.5 million in a Series A. But what was specifically of interest to you? Yeah, so in regards to Novo uh, being, uh, you know, a small business banking platform, I, I think it's in solving a really uh, interesting issue, right? We're, we're seeing the increase of, you know, gig workers, we're seeing SMBs kind of even struggling right now as they're trying to find their footing. Um, and traditional banks have always kind of been a bit of convoluted and the uh, small business uh, banking services that they offer. Uh, they're not always clear on their fees. They often tag on extra fees. So say you're you know, just starting out your small business and you're used to you know, your checking being free and your savings being free and all that stuff. That That's not the case um, with small business banking. That's, that's where you start seeing charges and stuff coming in. And I, I think Novo in, in particular offers like a, a lot of like really tailored customer services that, uh, you know, customers of traditional banks like you and I expect to have that small business banking startups haven't uh, or small business companies haven't had from their banking uh, service providers. So I think Novo is doing a really interesting service and in, in really digitizing a process that that needs to. Um, I know previously as a contractor, you have to go into a branch for a lot of things. Um, that can be frustrating uh, and, and typically slows down uh, a lot of your processes. You want to be focusing on your business. You don't want to be focusing on talking to a banker. Uh, and, and this is part of like a broader thing that's happening in general, right? So we have this transition over to 
to gig workers and, and freelance, especially as the pandemic has kind of upset uh, traditional jobs. And this is this is a common thing we're seeing, which is a multiple of startups raising a bunch of money on trying to make banking easier for these specific people that are working in business. So um, I'm not surprised that Novo has attracted this amount of money. And I, I think they can continue to do that as long as they can continue to acquire customers. And as, as far as I'm aware, you know, Small business is going to continue to grow uh, through the through the advent of freelancers um, coming on board more than ever. Uh, so Nova's in a good market, and I can see it also uh, continuing to improve its services and the value it provides its customers, representing a lot of growth, justifying investors putting in money. So those are that's kind of the the overview of Novo and and why we're interested in it from a from a fintech perspective. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Well, let's focus on prop tech because there's a lot going on in the prop tech space. But before we dive in on that, could you talk a little bit about what prop tech is and why it's so relevant right now? Yeah, so prop tech is a, is a subsector of financial technology, and you know we can get really complicated if we if it, if we want. We don't need to. It basically means look at everything that's happening in real estate that is not digital, um, that requires you to sign paperwork or to show up to an office. And we have a bunch of entrepreneurs and investors who are looking at and saying, how can we make this more efficient? So whether that be the mortgage application, um, whether that be, you know, making uh, listings on a website appear faster, uh, bundling up mortgaging services with uh, looking at properties. So things like Zillow uh, and, and, and spanning across a number of things. And we're, we're continuing to see uh, just tons of innovation in prop tech. And so that's the general overview of what prop tech is. And uh, it's very expansive. So um, yeah, I think that that's a good summation. If, if it's on paper and can be turned digital and is part of real estate, that's what ProTech wants to uh, expedite. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for answering that. Well, let's focus on what's going on in the ProTech space. Um, you know, looking at the overall picture, could you highlight some moments in the ProTech space that have taken place so far this month? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that, that I do is I, I look at ProTech from the private markets perspective, which is focused primarily on venture capital investors and what they're investing in, right? This this represents the innovation that's happening in property technology. Um, and, and, and so on that front, uh, over this past month, about $1.2 billion has been invested in uh, prop tech startups. Uh, it's quite a bit of money. Uh, it, it's a bit more than uh, last month, which was about $1.1 billion. However, it's worth noting too that you know there's lagging indicators on uh, when deals are announced. Um, so, for instance, you know a startup in ProTech maybe raise their funding in you know June 18th, but don't announce it until you know July 20th. So then that data gets backdated. So I actually expect that we'll see probably uh, you know a couple more million dollars at least. Um, being added to this month's total, superseding what we've seen in activity last month. Um, and that also accounts for deals. So over this month, about 63 deals were closed. 
Uh, last month was uh, 83 deals. So the 63 deals will probably go up over time. The, the big notable thing that I actually took away when looking at the data is just how many seed stage deals are happening. And for those of you who don't know, a seed stage deal is usually the first check uh, that goes into a company that is publicly announced. Um, so, you know, there might be angel investors before this, but this is when you start getting the traditional venture capital firms involved. Um, we're seeing over 40% of investments being made in seed stage startups. So what does that mean in context of prop tech? You, that's a very bullish sign that there's a lot of innovation left to be had in prop tech and that there is a, a lot of, um, there's a lot of room to grow. So we are seeing big deals happening, for instance, in prop tech over the past month. So Quinto and Dar, which is a Brazil-based startup, uh, has raised a 300 million Series E at a valuation of a 4 billion. Uh, they're a platform that simplifies the rental market. We also saw Fly Homes raise uh, quite a bit of money, 150 million Series C. Uh, they do, you know, digitizing of mortgages. Um, but, you know, there, there seems to be this agreement and lots among investors anyways, that like those people haven't taken the complete market in their respective subcategories of prop tech. And therefore there's a lot of activity happening at the seed stage. Um, you don't really see this happening. Usually over time, as you see um, companies raise more and more and more money, you see seed stage step investors start to kind of scale back on the opportunities within uh, that, that sector. Um, but that's just not happening here. And that's really good for the for everyone involved, right? So this sets up a really good pipeline for a lot of big late stage deals as well. So the more that we see that these seed stage deals keep expanding, the more opportunity that uh, investors that are late stage, so like think of Tiger Fund Global or SoftBank to deploy just hundreds of millions of dollars. They can just throw money at these companies, which is what these seed, early seed stage founders and investors want to see. So I think that gets me the most excited. I, I know it's flashy to get kind of attached to these big rounds, but when I look at the private markets, what I want to see is activity at the early stage as a sign of, is this space still interesting? Is it still growing? And is there still innovation to be had and captured? So that, that's kind of my, my big takeaway of the general market overview. I think I'll pause right there and see, uh, Victoria, if you have any questions on all the information I just dumped. <laughs> a lot of information, really great insight though. I guess, what are you looking forward to inside prop tech? Like things that you've been covering, what is something that's really grabbing your interest at this moment? Yeah, so I, I think one is uh, there There is seems to be the shift towards um, uh, APIs, which is uh, application program interface, which basically means that this app talks to this app using a certain technology, right? Um, so for instance, a seed starch found, startup founder uh, founded Oda, which basically offers an API that automatically upgrades the quality of real estate photos. And, you know, it's been proven, like the better real estate photos you have and, and the way that they're angled and whatnot can can you know, close deals faster, let you raise the price of the house. Um, and Oda's saying like, look, we can go through all your real estate photos and make them better at a click and you can integrate that into your own platform. 
presumably the people that they could sell to is like huge companies like Zillow, like, right. All these, all these platforms that have all these photos, like they can offer to their customers, like, look, we're going to upgrade all your photos and that increases conversions by X amount. I think we're going to see a lot more of that kind of background prop tech technology happening. Um, it's not particularly sexy. It's not particularly consumer oriented, uh, but it is an area where we've seen a lot of other industries, including you know fintech broadly, where a lot of money can be made um, in offering those services. Uh, the other thing is uh, just just interesting um, is the advent of uh, augmented reality. So uh, XYZ Reality, for instance, uh, raised quite a bit of money over this past month. They're a construction tech company, and they use augmented reality to kind of estimate project costs. Um, this is a really interesting bet, right? Like augmented reality is not like super well-known. However, there are corporate applications of AR happening, uh, Microsoft HoloLens, um, and additionally consumer um, perspectives on here. So iPads, for instance, um, it's not uncommon to see uh, tablets, for instance, on uh, construction sites anymore. So what is that? How does that impact, um, you know, the, the people working there and being able to make decisions on the fly um, that maybe, you know, required time for someone else to draft up when they can just project it right there. So I, I think taking advantage of that, that new technology that, um, it is interesting, especially in the context of construction, uh, because that typically is an industry that moves quite slowly. Um, so, you know, we're, we're seeing that. And then the, the final thing that I think is most interesting um, about looking forward is we're seeing a lot of these property tech deals being done outside of the United States and outside of traditional technology hubs. So traditional technology hubs being San Francisco, New York, we're seeing like this being across the United States, right? Like I, I'm seeing North Carolina, Ohio. Um, and, and I think that's cool from like a from an equity perspective that, you know, uh, prop tech can be this place where, where founders, no matter where they are, can find the capital that they need to innovate um, outside of these really high cost of living areas. And that also points to they're able to find the talent that they need to make this innovation happen. So yeah, those are kind of my three things that I'm most excited about in PropTech, uh, for sure. Very good. Well, thank you for that analysis, Holden. But before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to add today or anything else our listeners should know? And also, if, if our listeners want to learn more about PropTech, FinTech, uh, where can they go? Yeah. So um, if you want to learn, of course, like I said, there's a bunch of deals happening all the time. I get them in my inbox about two days before y'all get to read about them. That's how uh, that's how uh, PR people work. Um, so we're we're constantly covering it. Um, the best way to, to keep up with this is describe to the FinLedger daily newsletter. We have a dedicated prop tech section where we outline the deals. And of course, like Housing Wire. Housing Wire is, is the perfect place for this stuff. Um, and, you know, we work closely with the team over there to 
help contextualize and, and analyze the prop tech deals that are happening. So two things you should do, you should sign up for the FinLedger daily to understand the prop tech and get the, the news that is happening daily for that. And then of course you should be reading Housing Wire um, to, to uh, get the daily news and analysis from our wonderful reporters who focus on this day in and day out. All right, listeners, well, thank you for tuning in to another live recording of Monday Morning Cup of Coffee. I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here next Monday. Until then, you can check out Housing Wire Daily. You can check out Finledger. You won't want to miss out on all the amazing interviews that we have planned here for this week. So Holden, thanks again so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing HousingWire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow.